Today on The Topping Show, Toyota patents a stick shift for EVs and gets an $850 million loan for EV battery technology research, Meta lowering the age requirements for VR users, DraftKings makes an offer for point bets, Megan Fox forces her boys to wear dresses, Garth Brooks gives a apology, Call of Duty bans Nick Merck again, LA Dodgers are not being protested by religious folks because of the drag queen performance, Bud Light locks YouTube comments, Fox punishes a worker who put up a banner calling Joe Biden a wannabe dictator, Elon Musk and DeSantis slam the White House for saying that their kids are in fact theirs and not yours, and Spotify to drop Meghan and Harry. All that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder release twice a day. God says he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or business owner, need a little assistance, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, going on to the business part of the podcast, you have DraftKings making an offer to buy out PointBets American assets. Now, they made an all-cash offer of $195 million to the Australian-based company. And last month, you have Fanatics agreeing to buy the U.S. operation of PointBets for $150 million. So you're seeing this industry of sports gambling exponentially increasing, and more and more people are getting excited about the opportunity to place bets on sports, balls, and all the excitedness. But at the same time, a big disclaimer would be you better be a computer or an engineer. I thought it was fascinating. There was a little mini documentary a couple years ago on the internet where uh, the reporter looked into who is the number one winner of DraftKings? Is it a diehard fan who has studied every little statistic about baseball and all the best players putting together the most best team because this person really just passionate about the sport and really knows the ins and outs, the rules and the teams, the players. No, quite the opposite. It was an engineer. And this engineer actually programmed a whole software suite for this. So he put a solution in which it absorbs all the data you could possibly gather on baseball. Everything, not only the players, but all the stats, the weather, every variable you could possibly measure. This guy took into account, put it into Brainbox computer, rudimentary speaking, and it literally helped him be the number one year winner year after year over year. So again, be if you want to win DraftKings or any of those sports betting apparatuses, you better be an engineer because the real fans, uh, they're not making really any money on it. Now, other interesting businesses, you have Meta, which is the rebranded name of Facebook, lowering the age of VR users. Now, the company is not going to lower the age requirement from 13 to 10 years old to use their nerd goggles. Because, you know, kids aren't already spending, kids are spending too much damn time outside getting exercise, and exercise, learning real world application, skill sets. No, they need to have smartphones strapped to their head 24 7. Now, the company claims that they will need parental permission. But of course, as we all know, kids are pretty good at technology, and they'll be able to override that little parental guideline or disclaimer or a little requirement pretty much immediately. Now, Facebook claims that during the account setup process, a parent will register the preteen's age, which will provide a quote, age appropriate experiences to the kid. 
and parents will, quote, control whether their preteen can download or use an app, and parents can block access to apps at any time, unquote. Now, this also should be a big disclaimer the size of Texas to remind you that, oh yeah, child age appropriate means very different things depending on who you're talking to these days. So yeah, I wouldn't take the word of a tech company that you don't know that doesn't have your best interest at heart. And again, just another unnecessary thing to push kids on. Should they learn about finances or maybe learn some skills that will pay off in the long run? Nope, just, I would venture to say 1% of the content on the Facebook VR meta experience, whatever you call it, will be actually constructive. And time shall tell to see how this further erodes the intelligence of Americans. Time shall tell. Now, other interesting news in the business world, you have Toyota filing patents for an EV with a stick shift. And the company, like many other companies, are trying to combat the overwhelmingly boringness of EV vehicles. And I know everyone on the planet will say you have, you know, 100% torque, you have max torque at zero RPM immediately. It's like a toy. Yes, it is like a toy. And I know the fastest car in the world will eventually be a, just a computer, which again, you don't really have to put any input into. Thanks to Dodge, they have the new Dodge Challenger 061.66 seconds. That car is actually faster than a Bugatti or a current toy, uh, I was gonna say Toyota, current Tesla model plaid, which is the fastest one they make. But subsequently, I'm sure the newest car, the fastest car in the world will be an EV. Because again, it's just the technology. Now, that being said, pretty much these car companies are trying to figure out how do we differentiate ourselves when we all have electric motors, we all have batteries, we all go really fast right off the line. And Toyota, give them credit, it is a, fa it is a fascinating idea to try to emulate the stick shift. And they say it will have a third pedal. So in the patents, the third pedal is there. That being said, it's not going to actuate or actually have a clutch or it's really, really unusual. Now, they went on to say that instead, a shifter would be connected to a series of sensors and a central computer programmed to mimic the feel of the car in a manual transmission. Since not all the cars with manual transmissions are the same, they'll have different engines and different transmissions with different number of gears, and the central computer would be programmed to imitate a specific sort of manual transmission in a car. Even weirdly enough, to complete the experience, the driver will have a clutch pedal in addition to the usual brake and accelerator. And if they mess up, it'll actually mimic stalling the car. Now in a traditional three pedal vehicle, which every American should always take the time to go out of their way to learn, it's a fun experience in and of itself. But if you haven't had the opportunity, I'll simply explain. If you have an instance where you let the clutch go all the way and you don't push the accelerator all the way, you're gonna have that big discrepancy of the speeds and you'll cause the car to stall, which will stop and kill the engine. So that's how you stall a car. Now, it'll be interesting, so they're trying to mimic that, but again, the third pedal isn't going anywhere. It's, it's a novel idea, and I appreciate them thinking outside the box. But part of me just thinks I would really respect companies more if they just push back on all these EPA regulations and push for carve-outs for sports, passionate vehicles, like with the emission standards and the tailpipe, span, tailpipe standards, it's a de facto ban on pretty much all internal combustion engines because the only way you can meet a fleet average, the average of the whole fleet from cars to trucks to SUVs, 
is to use EVs or maybe a nuclear-powered car, but no one wants to have that yet. But it'll be interesting to see how could they try to make it more exciting. So I, I, I do applaud Toyota. It is fascinating engineering. It might be an interesting novelty. And time shall tell. I There's a lot of... The automotive community, there's a lot of, there's a lot of split between people who the three people who love EVs and all the other folks who really are passionate about cars that last 100 years because there's no batteries that go bad after like three years. But with internal combustion engines, there's just much, there's many more variables and different things that make each different vehicle by different brands more unique and gives you a much more unique experience. Many of the purists, including myself, would say. And Tash shall tell us see if this is a positive venture and a fiscal benefit for Toyota as they try to differentiate themselves from pack other interesting business news toyota again they're getting an 850 million dollar loan from japan now this is specifically from the J japan ministry of economic trade and industry and it's going to be for the development of storage batteries for automotive now japan's been a little bit worried in terms of the global economy when it comes to evs and automotives because for pretty much all my lifetime the most reliable car on the planet is a toyota which I would also argue because it's an internal combustion engine that can last a million miles, which you will, the current technology will have will never happen, will not happen with an EV. Never. It's just the batteries, just like your smartphone. Right now, EV cars are just bigger smartphones. The batteries die, they degrade, and because of the cost of batteries is most important, it's the most fiscally expensive part of the vehicle. It makes it prohibitive to actually replace the battery, just toss it out like an old smartphone. On the opposite side, you have the Toyota Corolla, the best-selling car in history by number of units sold. And those things are so overly engineered. The quality is so great. I know it's not a Ferrari or a Corvette. Well, Corvette with a stick shift, the new one. Yeah. But it serves a great place in the automotive community and also just giving people a reliable, economical way to get to work and live their lives and have a long return on investment that actually is a good thing. Now, that being said, Japan's been a little bit slower compared to the globe in terms of automotive embracing the EV. I suspect partially because Toyota wants to be the most reliable car company on the planet. That can't happen with EVs with the current technology. Maybe they'll develop something better. That's partially probably what this is about. Now, they went on to say that by 2027, Toyota intends to have two next-gen batteries in production. The first is going to be a performance version, which uses the same NCM battery chemistry as its first EV, the B Z F X, which I'm not a marketing genius. I know a little bit about what sells. I help my IT company with that regard. But that is the most boring, uninspiring name I could think of in years. I know BMW historically is one of the most known brands for using numbers and nomenclature as a tradition versus a traditional name like a Chevy Camaro that's a name for a car. BMW uses numbers like the Z4. And for Toyota to have the B, BZ4X, it's not very inspiring or memorable. It, it's even worse than now, the, the Toyota 86. That's easy. It's too, you know, there's, there's a certain beauty and simplicity, I understand, but a bizarre name in itself. But nevertheless, the other battery is going to be for 20% more range and 20% less cost, which is good. The key to EV technology long-term, well, not only going to be a better, more sustainable actual ingredients, well, ingredients for, for food, components. You need a components and you need materials 
that are cheaper, more locally sourced, and have a better long-term long-term value. Right now, lithium-ion is it's not prohibitive to get; it is costly to get, and it's also a pain in the ass to recycle. It is extremely volatile. It's quite explosive, literally and metaphorically, but it's very expensive and very few companies specialize in the actual practice of safely recycling those batteries. Anecdotally speaking, my tech company can recycle a whole warehouse of servers, storage, networking gear. The most expensive thing or the most hazardous thing in terms of the chemicals, it'll be that box of smartphones. That'll be the most expo expensive thing to recycle. Everything else is a lot easier to recycle and a lot less hazardous. Even lead-acid batteries, they're not as combustible and they're not as volatile as lithium-ion. Lead-acid batteries are nearly infinitely recyclable. That's how Interstate Batteries is actually very a green company. I mean green actually physically because they make money, but they actually have a life cycle management for the batteries in which they will recycle the old ones and make new ones from them. It's a big part of their business. And we will get there eventually, but again, they're gonna to have to be technological breakthroughs, which may happen in our lifetimes. That will make lithium a little bit more easier to recycle. And yes, our company is trying, and someday it might be fruitful, fiscally speaking, as well. Now, going on to the culture part of the podcast, you have Megan Fox forcing her boys to wear dresses. Now, this is reason 9,875,365 not to worship celebrities, because Again, it's just someone acting, and more often than not, they got a little, couple of screws loose in, the, in their head. As actually, that even now nowadays, it's probably a politically a pejorative thing to say. But that's what my grandpa used to say. They got a couple of loose screws in their head. Now, this is according to Robbie Starbuck, which no relation to Starbucks, the coffee company. That is a big lost marketing opportunity. They should have hired him as a, as some type of a brand ambassador just from the novelty of it. But Again, I'm not in charge of Starbucks marketing yet. Now, the man witnessed two of her boys having a full breakdown saying that they were forced by their mom to wear girl clothing as their nanny attempted to console them. And another picture of her boys having, I don't know how you say it, girl length hair, like beyond your shoulders, female length hair, and wearing short shorts, which aren't appropriate on anyone under 18. It's, I find that completely abhorrent when I go to the supermarket and I see these parents with their kids dressed up in the most inappropriate fashion. And I always try to give the parents a stink eye, like, what's wrong with you? But I think they probably just think I have something in my eye, like an infection or something. But I always see that and I think, I always want to say something, but that those parents probably wouldn't be receptive to my critique. Be like, why are you, why, why, why is your child wearing adult clothing? Why would you think that's appropriate in any way? But I digress. Now, he went on to Twitter to critique her, this man's Robbie Starbuck, and she actually admitted that she was doing it, and more bizarrely than, than even before, she actually threatens to put a spell on him. Now, I suspected she's a witch. The producer of Transformers actually critiqued her for being incredibly difficult to work with. But it appears she might be, she thinks she's a literal witch. Now, she said, quote, in, re in reference to man, having been burned at the stake by insecure, impotent little men like you many times, and yet I'm still effing, I'm still here, you eff with the wrong witch. And earlier she also used the term irregardless, which further my point that she is lower on the evolutionary 
standing? Because that's not a word. Regardless is a word. Irregardless is not. Again, grammar is the real victim of modern society. But a bizarre thing where you're seeing more and more of these parents almost using their kids as accessories for social status. And again, these kids clearly don't want to be doing this, but she's pushing it, I suspect, for social clout, which I don't think that's appropriate to use your children as a pawn in that regard. And time shall tell to see if society boos her. That's probably a fancy way of saying maybe boycott her movies if she still makes movies. Very bizarre situation. But I digress. Now, other interesting cultural news, you have Garth Brooks giving a pseudo-apology. Now, he's opening up a bar over in Tennessee, and he's having more and more scrutiny as recently he's going to, you know, someone asked, are you going to have Bud Light, which has had two months of negative sales and losing about $38 billion of market value? And they also famously had an endorsed, had a spokesperson whose average age is 15, so that was, in my opinion, the big backlash from the actual really the boycott in general. And Garth Brooks described people who are doing the protests against Bud Light as a-holes. So he insulted a big part of his customer base or prospective customer base and people are starting to bring to light more and more of his political affiliations. Now, I know it's not strictly speaking left versus right, but on average country folks, country singers are more often than not politically on the right side of the political aisle. The big outlier in the past you know, couple of years that I can think of in terms of people that have moved politically, you have Taylor Swift who is much more on the left and she's also, I believe in her 40s and still writing songs about high school boys treating her wrong or something. It's actually really easy to predict all her songs. It's about men who mess up and her evil and she's always perfect. I just summarized every album she's ever written and attempted to sing. But I digress. There was a little bit of backlash when she became more politically affiliated with the left side political aisle. And I suspect that a little bit more will come to light as Garth Brooks, his sales might decrease as well. So he actually sang at the past several presidential inauguration ceremonies, including former President Obama, as well as Biden. But he was oddly, well, not too oddly, now that more people know he's more liberal. He was completely absent from former President Donald Trump's inauguration. And he's starting to starting to backpedal a little bit now that people are starting to say, well, what, why, why should we go patronize your bar if uh, you have that, you're starting to, you're making more and more political statements. And he's always really bizarrely, always pretending to be nice. And he always has that funny accent and like the serial killer eyes. He's like, I, I just want to be friends with everybody. I, I just want everyone to buy my albums. Everybody should buy my albums. They're the best. My, my fans, I, I like everyone. And then he subsequently called all his fans a-holes. So one of the best comedic shticks that I've heard of quite some time is from a channel called Your Mom's House, hosted by Tom Segura and his wife. He's a famous stand-up comedian. And they have several bits about, you know, Garth Brooks being a serial killer and wondering, you know, where the body's at, Garth. Quite entertaining if you have a couple minutes for a little comedic relief in your life. But let's play this recent little pseudo-response Garth Brooks have uh, brought to light. Let's see here. Did an interview with Melinda Newman from Billboard. And from that uh, came quite a little bit of a, of a stir. So let's just address that. Let's address two things uh, on it. One is um, diversity. Inclusiveness. That's uh, unless you're boycotting a beer, then you're an a-hole. 
So it's only his version of diversity. Just buy my albums. Just me. Me. It's always been me. Uh, we got the same kind of thing on We Shall Be Free. Uh, people, you know, wanting to burn our stuff. And so I get it. Everybody's got their opinions. But inclusiveness is always going to be me. I think diversity is the answer to the problems that are here. Except diversity of opinion. If you disagree with them, then you're an a-hole. And the answer to the problems that are coming. So I love diversity. All included. So all are welcome. I understand that might not be other people's opinions, but that's okay, man. They have their opinions. They have their beliefs. That's okay. They, they have their opinions. That's okay. Again, unless you disagree with them, then you're an a-hole. And he's now saying that if, if the beer's not selling, he'll make adjustments, which it's one of those things where he didn't have to make any political statement at all. He could have just said, we're going to sell what sells, sells, and we're going to get rid of the things that don't sell. But he went out of his way. I think the precipice of the situation, or the tipping point of the situation, where he kind of shot themselves in the foot, was calling people a-holes, which, yeah, no, it sounds actually pretty simple, it's pretty obvious. You shouldn't call your fans that, or prospective clients that are going to go to your bar. But, yeah, saying that isn't exactly a prudent business decision, and, again, more and more companies are doing this, they're getting involved in politics, taking sides, and you could just... Provide exceptional customers. It's almost a very simple lesson of the day. Don't insult your prospective customers. Pretty good rule of thumb to live by. But time shall tell to see if he's really, if really impacts his sales. Now, other interesting cultural news, you have Call of Duty bans Nick Merckx again. Now, Nick Merckx was a very famous Call of Duty streamer, a phenomenon which people actually pay and watch people play video games. And he committed the, the unquestionable offense of questioning if sexual themes are appropriate for children. Now, there's a little Twitter blog going back and forth talking about, hey, you know, there's a school, they're teaching certain LGBTQ uh, sexual themes, mythologies, and I think there's elementary school, which again, sex ed isn't, I know it varies throughout the United States, but I think most people would say it's a time and place with the birds and bees. And such a thing, such a, there is such a thing as childhood innocence, although I guess nowadays it's not for that class, it wasn't the birds and the bees, it was the birds and the birds. And birds and the bees are... That, nevertheless, the metaphor somehow holds up. But he committed the offense of saying, leave the kids alone, which actually got 90,000 likes on Twitter. So there is a lot of people supporting him, but Activision just banned him, pulled his merch from the store. It was actually a little skin, where it's a phenomenon where people pay for actual clothing or looks from materials. And... They pulled that from the Call of Duty store, which will help out the fans because they're not spending money on intangible little graphics that basically cost nothing for the company to make and produce. But nevertheless, it probably helped the fans out to save money. That's kind of nice. But recently, he was going to be paid by Activision to stream the Call of Duty World League Championships, which is just on the pivot of being too long and annoying of a title of an event really want to be more succinct in the language and be a little bit more concise but they actually updated so that his name is no longer there almost like a mysterious stalin photo from back in the day where they actually airbrushed people out to rewrite history again 1984 is a brilliant book every american should read i know our history and literacy rates just keep declining but they should still try now i'll be interested to see is call id considers to be ratioed on the social media every response is basically Every ad that they put out on Twitter is ratioed where there's more people being getting positive feedback for being negative than positive. Fascinating phenomenon in and of itself. Now, other interesting culture news, you have the Dodgers being boycotted by Christians. 
and they're being boycotted because of their hosting of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which, yeah, indulgence is just like gluttony, and gluttony is a sin. I know most Americans know what sins are these days. Unfortunately, that's due to a myriad of reasons, including decrease in quality of schools, parents, education, yada, yada, yada. Catholics need to increase their marketing capabilities to retain patrons. But nevertheless, that is a sin. And it is a group of people that um, they dress up in drag and they mock the religion. It, it's not it's not comedy. They're not making people laugh. So there's not that usual shtick of if something's comedic, there's... And there, I believe there is a respectful way to have comedy about certain things. That's a debate in and of itself. But I've seen, unfortunately, my, my eyes did not melt. Although it felt like they're going to melt, like in the Indiana Jones good movies, the you know good ones, not the ones now, where they saw the Ark of Covenant and their eyes melted. And my eyes didn't melt, but they were close. But I've seen the videos of the Sisters of Professional Motion, and it clearly does mock religious people and their beliefs. They even have, they use the cross as a strip pole thingamajig to to dance upon and thrust up it's an antithesis of religion it's mocking the religion it's they're dressed in all types of things and no things at all sometimes they're stripping but the dodge la dodgers said you know when they first said they're going to host them the religious community obviously voiced their concerns and protests peacefully and the la dodgers said hey you listen to our fans we're not going to have a a, dra a drag show um, these nuns they're, they're not real nuns they're the organization that, but we're not going to have them at the game because you know it's a ballpark it's American you know people are here to drink that $15 crappy beer in a plastic cup and that hot dog with questionable substances I, I still know it's really not, no one really knows it's a hot dog that's the conspiracy it's they say there's ingredients there are ingredients but the origins are unknown mostly but nevertheless but the protest got bigger. So originally they said, nope, we're not going to have this group because of the first protest, which was by the religious, religious community. And then after that, you had the, and I don't, there, there are a lot of merging of the communities. And from what I could tell, the LGBT community with, with the drag community or the, um, that organization, they protested the protest saying, we want to be at your game. We need to be, in front of the families and stuff, I guess. And so then the team acquiesced to them. So the most recent result was the team saying, we will have these, this group of people of mocking religion at our event. So it took place and subsequently now the religious organizations are protesting the event. There are different reports saying there was less people at the event actually attending versus more than usual. A couple, most of the sources I read said that the audience level was consistent throughout the season. I'm not a, I'm not aficionado of the LA Dodgers. I assume it's not dodgeball. I'm kidding. I know it's the basketball. Baseball. We'll see how many purist uh, sporting enthusiasts are disgruntled now. But nevertheless, it'll be interesting to see long-term what's the cultural impact of over a decade, the only community where, in which you are allowed and even encouraged to make fun of and discriminate against were religious communities, which I found abhorrent just because, partially because the United States was founded on religion. And it's actually culturally fascinating and disgusting. It's the only religion you're allowed to make fun of is Catholics and Christians. Everyone else is off limits, but if you, if you discriminate against them, culturally the United States was fine with it and even encouraged it, which again, I was, I find disgusting. 
you should respect that religion as you, res as you res respect other religions as well. But it'll be interesting culturally, will this decrease the Dodgers overall ticket sales or what is the end result? Well, time shall tell. Other interesting cultural news, you have Bud Light leaving Twitter and locking the YouTube comments. Now, it's one of those fascinating things where they have gone media blackout for about a little over two months now on Twitter, which again, if you're in social media, that's like a hundred years. Now, with YouTube, the recent videos, they're all locked. You cannot add the comments. However, the fans or the trolls, or there's the boycotters, the other group of people, they subsequently found out, yeah, they're, uh, the old videos, those comments are still open. So I did a little research. What, I wonder what the ratio is. What, what are the top comments? Are they, are they really praising the company? Are they are really, what's going on there? Well, it's one of those things where it turns out, no. It, it, they're all critiquing. So the number one comment, and this is the top comments you could filter by the number of likes and I guess comments of a comment. And another time to thank you if you're gonna put in the comment in the video. All those help the channel grow and develop, even appreciate the critique. Now, the number one comment on the latest Bud Light video that was not locked with comments said, quote, thank you for convincing millions of good people to quit drinking your diabetes water while simultaneously trying to convince child groomers to consume your product until they die of liver cancer. Thanks, Budweiser, unquote. Now, I have a big critique for that statement. They spelled consume, consume. So it's C-O-N-S-O-O-M. They spelled consume that way. And again, maybe this is the heat of the moment, but in regard to articulating the best ideals and debating and you really want to double check your spell your spelling and thankfully most softwares a lot of the platforms have it built in so you see the red swiggly line but yeah come on consume fix that but nevertheless that comment got 1.1 thousand likes all right so so the first comment not so good critiquing let's see the second comment what's that go second comment goes quote in my 39 years of being alive i've never thoroughly enjoyed watching a company implode as much as i am watching ab budweiser bud light self-destruct Unquote. All right, all right. So um, that, that's, that's two for two critiquing it. All right, that's not so great. Let's look at the third comment, the third highest comment. Quote, times are tough and people have little money to share. You are really heroes for convincing people to save money and stop drinking your beer, unquote. Ah, three strikes are out, Bud Light. The, uh, the YouTube comments that were remaining unlocked, they have spoken and they continue to currently lose the cultural battle, as some might say. Time shall tell to see if they're able to recover. But as the Magic 8 Ball might say, outlook, not so good. Now, going on to the political part of the podcast, you have Fox, New, Fox News punishing an employee for calling Biden a wannabe dictator, which is ridiculous. It's not like Biden is prosecuting or jailing his number one political opponent. Oh, wait. Nevertheless, Fox, this goes, also goes to show you Fox News cares more about the critique and the approval of news sites like CNN and MSNBC. They care more about their approval and their opinion than the five remaining audience members of Fox News. Four. Four, four remaining. It's sad. A lot the people who watch it, unfortunately, are a little bit older. And um, statistically speaking, they, their audience is decreasing in more ways than one. But 
it also goes to, it's one of those things where you see the discrepancy between political people or figures and news outlets. I remember from 2016 to 2020, pretty much every news outlet constantly, they called Trump a dictator 10 times on a Monday, 20 times on a Tuesday. They, and that was the, that, that's probably the most, the nicest word they used when they described him. And again, no one really critiqued them because freedom of the press, though some would say you want to have a modicum of respect for someone, again, a little bit more than half the country voted for. But I digress in that regard. Now, this producer on Fox News put up like a little micro banner and called him a wannabe dictator. And Fox News freaked out beyond all belief. For reasons? Now, the producer offered, said, hey, I'll, I'll give my two weeks notice. Obviously, you're pretty disgruntled. And in corporate America, that's usually the rule of thumb is you give two weeks. That way, it gives a little bit of time to debrief. You also have a little bit of time to maybe train someone up for the new position. But they, apparently, Fox News is going to punish him even more, where he actually apparently just quit in a day. And all news reports, or rather reports around this individual, said that He'd been with the company a little bit over a decade. He constantly contributed great things. He was highly respected. And he basically made it, he made that comment and they immediately just went after him, which Fox News, more and more people are starting to realize it's just a, a cliche to say, but controlled opposition, diet CNN. And that's why one of the reasons many speculate they got rid of Tucker Carlson. And it is interesting to see Politically, Fox News just losing. I suspect their stock and their their revenue shares is going to decrease more and more and more as people are flooding to find alternative sources of media. And thankfully, thanks to technology, there's many, including The Topping Show. And I appreciate you tuning in. Now, other interesting political news, you have Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis punching back to the Biden White House claiming that the ki your kids are their kids. Now, this comes from the White House recently celebrating Pride Month and they had a little tweet with a couple of little videos. And the videos, they're just um, a little bit, I guess it's just, I don't know we call it, multicolor with some font on it. But the video said, quote, these are our kids, unquote. And the video also noted, quote, not someone else's kids, but they're all our kids. And they're really, I can't help but, when I read that, I can't help but picture someone who is like on this, like someone who is on meth or someone who doesn't blink is maybe like your kids are our kids now. Like I can't read that and not be freaked out. Like the government's saying that your kids, their kids, they're saying the quiet part out loud, which ridiculous. Now, thankfully there's a beautiful phenomenon. Sometimes it really makes you smile. It's called ratioed as a youth might say in which the critique of the original post is actually more popular than the actual post on Twitter. Now, the Twitter from the White House got about 12.6 thousand likes, or 12,600 likes. Now, Elon, his response to him, to that statement, he said, quote, you are the government, you are not their, they are, I'm sorry, I butchered it. Elon said, quote, you are the government, they are not your kids, unquote. And he actually capitalized not, which I usually critique the, some things are overcapitalized too much, but I find it appreciative in this instance since we want to really pontificate that word not. And his response, his tweet got 443,500 likes and counting. He also got 11.3 million views. Now DeSantis, his war room, which is his re-election campaign on, and on Twitter, 
they noted that they also noted they agreed they just said quote they are not your kids unquote now in terms of a political movement on the chessboard there's a very prudent decision i think since that message will resonate with a lot of the desantis voters now i almost don't think it's a political blunder on biden's part since this theme of your kids are our kids has been around for decades it's not it's more in your face now but it's not a new concept there's been books throughout history where the government tries to take away your kids or they think it's their property or their responsibility. If just wind back the clock a couple years ago, Hillary Clinton had a similar analogy where she emphasized the point of it, it's, it's not the parents, it takes a village to raise the kids. It's not the parents. A little bit of a different spin on the idea, but the same core concept. So given that they've had that theme for many, 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 many years, I don't even think, I mean, maybe Biden will lose half a percentage point in the polls i don't see maybe more because elon has really brought it to light and again he, his tweet got 11.3 million views which that's a pretty big feat so it might maybe gets trump a couple or desantis a couple more points now other interesting move on the political chessboard i'm surprised trump didn't immediately punch back and join the conversation in that regard i know he's on true social which is an alternative media and I do greatly appreciate it because the more options for the consumers, the more outlets for data information, the better. The only downside of Truth Social is that there's a more narrow audience. And the issue Trump is going to have is those people already love Trump. When I, when I talk to people, Truth Social is heavily used by his consumer base, which makes, makes sense because they worked previously alienated on platforms such as Twitter where they were just completely banned because... They said something conservative or they just said something a libertarian might appreciate. They didn't stick to the mold, so to say. So they were completely just kicked off the platform. And I think you're having more and more people looking for alternatives, but Trump needs to expand his audience. He's not going to do that on true social. It's, it's growing, but the people who went there were for the people who already were alienated, who I think were already more likely to be attracted to him as a presidential candidate. Now he has a Twitter. Elon got, Trump back on Twitter, but there's a lot of speculation on his contract with True Social. If he has to post on there first and then they could go on Twitter. Either way, I think he needs to really get more on the ball when it comes to the social media in that regard. I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, all these moves on the political chessboard, which one will be the right ones? And time shall tell. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, you have Spotify parting ways with Meghan and Harry. Now, Megan is that insufferable actress and succubus who married Prince Harry, who both famously cry about media attention and stalking him, but, and yet they, everything they do in life is to get attention more from the media, write books, do all this kind of stuff. She also writes her name Megan, M-A-G-H-A-N. So she has an H. She has an H. Why not just use Megan, M-E-G-A-N? But she has Megan with an H. And granted, she eventually got H in her because she married Prince Harry. So she got, she eventually got the H in her, but I mean, that, no, that, I mean, that, that, that's a crude joke. I would never, I would never, I would never insinuate there's more to that joke than grammar. Nevertheless, it's one of those instances where all they do their whole life is getting attention from the press, the news outlets, and then they cry, go, why, why we just want to be left alone. No. Now the business blunder is Spotify signing them. So they signed them in 2020 for about $20 million. And it was going to be a show called The Markle Hosted Archetypes. And it was canceled after one season. 
So there is no way they made money on that. Well, obviously, because they're not renewing it. And Spotify has invested about a billion dollars since 2019 in exclusivity contracts and original content. The most famous one being Joe Rogan, who got about $200 million. There's a lot of speculation on if it was all cash or it was a mixture of stock where he was given shares of Spotify in addition to cash throughout, and then maybe it's paid you know, year over year. But that was a good idea because, again, the only reason I downloaded Spotify was Joe Rogan. That's the only reason. Although now, you also have top, the Topping Show is also on Spotify. Another great reason to tune in. But it's one of those things where it was a big reason for people to download Spotify. And then even better for the company, people are paying for Spotify Premium so they don't have to listen to the ads on his show. And of course, that's more profitable for the company to have the premium you're paying Spotify versus you have the ads where the ads are paying Spotify. And they paid $20 million for Megan and Harry to hear something everyone already heard. They have had so much media attention. There's no way there's any original thoughts in their head. I know they don't have a lot of original thoughts to begin with. I, I can't help but think they're lower on the evolutionary standard in terms of their compute power, some might say, or the brain power. But again, they were given this show, but the media already talked to them 24-7. So it's probably why no one tuned in. I didn't even know it existed. But perhaps this is the business blessing of the day. That might have to be a thing we do. The business blessing of the day is them actually kicking them to the curb. But nevertheless, high level, the real critique is that is the business blunder of the day, hiring them to begin with and spending $20 million on something that, again, very much asking questions to the answers you already have, because again, all they do is talk to media. The business blunder of the day has to be them paying them to begin with $20 million. Thank you everyone for taking the time today. I can't thank you enough for liking, subscribing, and commenting. Each one of your comments greatly helped the channel grow and develop. A couple weeks ago, I had someone reach out on the chat or on the comments saying that I should use my laptop a little bit less and have more eye contact with the camera. And thanks to them, I utilized the monitors I have behind the camera, which I usually have for my, uh, I say nine to five job, I work way more hours than that. But now that makes me keep eye contact a little, contact a little bit better with the screens because I have the screens behind the camera. So that helps a little bit out. So that's a really good example of the comments helping the channel grow and develop and your feedback being greatly appreciated. So each one of those things greatly helps out. Also sharing the channel helps out a lot as well. But I digress, thank you so much again. Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.